You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. Are you finding good in the neighborhood? In a world that kind of trains us to have eyes to be fault finders, we're learning to be grace finders in the way of Jesus. That doesn't mean we ignore that which is difficult or hard or, um, or even tragic. Um, I think those, are, those things are very, almost too easy to see and feel and focus everything on. We have to learn to be able to find grace in the middle of the world that we find ourselves in. I want to encourage you to, um, to look back at last week. If you missed, um, one of the key things we looked at were uh, three approaches that churches can have toward the culture, three approaches Christians can have by and large to culture, um, a church against culture, church in or to culture, and then finally, a uh, church with culture. Primary verse that we looked at, and we're going to just kind of springboard off of, is uh, found in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14. Jesus said this, You are the light of the world. A city on top of a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. That'd be crazy. Instead, they put it on top of a lampstand, and it shines on all who are in the house. Stopping for a moment, this image of, of a lampstand, um, sometimes we can start thinking of, you know, is this an oil lamp versus a light versus, you know, and kind of go down a rabbit trail, kind of almost missing the point. This, the point Jesus is making here is largely about the purpose of a lamp. A lamp's purpose is to give light, uh, to give sight to people in a room that would otherwise be dark. The point of, of lighting a lamp is not to hide it and then take away the ability to see that we're supposed to, we have a purpose, that humans have a purpose, is to shine, like a lamp shines light, humans are, are to shine God's love. We're made to be image bearers. Now, Jesus says in verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you do and praise your Father who is in heaven. It doesn't say shine your light so that you can get all the glory, shine your light just to do good things. It, it, there's like this deeply connected thing. You were designed to shine the light of God. Like God loves to love through people. We are channels of grace, channels of love and God's goodness. And when um, goodness is experienced and seen, when light, uh, the light of God's love comes into the room, um, the, our hope and the, the hope for our uh, response is that people would see that it's from the giver, that the gift shouldn't be worshipped, but God should be worshipped, that the gift shouldn't be like adored only, that, the, that God should be adored and lifted up and thanked. So a question that comes from this is, how does Jesus teach us and demonstrate to us to be light? What does that look like? Matthew 6.33, I think, gives us a little clue. Um, 633 says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Jesus taught this, seek first the kingdom of God and then live righteously. Now, I remember growing up, 
often looking at this passage and hearing it kind of taught um, more about priorities um, than practice. It was almost like, um, put, you know, seek first the kingdom of God. is like put God first in your heart and in your life. And I think that's totally a, a facet of this passage. But when you put this teaching in the narrative of, of Matthew, there's a whole book of Matthew and it's got a lot of stories and it's all connected. When you put it in the narrative of Matthew and the narrative of Jesus, because Jesus is, um, when you read a, a gospel, he's usually demonstrating what he's teaching. So looking at the story arc of Jesus is important and looking at the story arc of the Bible, like the, the grand theological narrative, the big story that we find in scripture. Um, one of the things you'll find uh, is that in Genesis 12, uh, 12, chapter 2, there's a purpose or a vocation given to God's people. In Genesis 12, 2, it, sa- it says, I'm an abbreviated, um, kind of shorten this just for our time. I will bless you, said God, and you will be a blessing to others. God's people were blessed to be a blessing. Now, if you read the story and the narrative, God's people... <laughs> failed at this. They, they succeeded at times, but they failed a lot. They, they, they failed at being uh, the God's chosen people to be a blessing. Sometimes they were afraid or a curse, or they just didn't listen to God. They didn't trust him. And so their blessings just went all wrong so much of the time. And I can look at that as, you know, you know, looking back and kind of play armchair quarterback and be like, oh, can you believe they didn't trust God here? And look, they, they, they started worshiping a cow. Like, how dumb is that? You know, and then we live in a world where, like, you know, uh, our idols are made and all over the place. We have, like, portals in our pocket to the idol of our choice through our phones. So it's easy to kind of throw rocks at the past, but uh, kind of miss and be unaware of ourselves. That's not what we want to do. And that's certainly not what I want to do today. But Israel... In their inability to do that, this is part of the story of Jesus coming to fulfill the role of the blessed one who is perfectly a blessing to the world. The one who uh, expresses the love of God perfectly to our world. But none of us could do that. Jesus did. He stepped into that vocation and that vocation of being an image bearer who uh, reflects the love of God to the world Jesus is, is teaching us how to be human, more human than we could ever imagine, that like to step back into the original vocation for humans, that, that we are blessed by God to be a blessing. Now, when we understand this, and we understand this verse in light of the narrative of Matthew and the, this amazing human vocation and the vocation of God's people, I think we can start more clearly seeing the call in, in Matthew 6, 33, the call of seeking God's kingdom, the blessedness of God's kingdom. Yes, a priority for sure, but practicing seeking God's kingdom, blessings in real time, his gifts, his grace, and then living righteously amounts to being blessed to be a blessing, receiving the blessings, seeking the blessings of God to be a blessing. That's living righteously as being good. It's being an expression of blessing to the world. It's living into that amazing human vocation, the purpose of humans to be loved, to love, to be blessed, to bless. This is incredible. If we're, if we're looking at the grand narrative, um, man, I think this can really help us. This is maybe gives us some clues on what living a life of light and love and blessing is. Now, 
I think it'd be really helpful that, well, what are some concrete examples of this that Jesus gives us? Like, how do, how do you do this? Last week, we talked about this idea that grace finding is not just for like um, within the walls of our churches, that like there's only goodness here. We need to keep the good, the gospel and the good and God's blessing here and the world's dark and scary. We should never grow out. But when we look at Jesus, he was actually living and going to places where a lot of religious people were afraid to go. He was, you know, in the temple courts, certainly, but he and, and also in, um, you know, tabernacle and he did those things. But he was out with you know, in the public, he was out with sinners. He was hanging out with uh, at tables with people who uh, most religious would never be around. They wouldn't be caught dead around some of these folks. And there Jesus was. We can find God's goodness, even in people who don't yet know God or maybe his goodness. They might not know that the grace and the goodness that's flowing from their life, the way they love, the way they care, the way they, they teach, the way they, uh, the, how gentle they are. Uh, whatever their gifts are, they might not know that that gift came from the giver, from God. But we can see it. And we can help connect that. And we can we can affirm that and encourage that. So let's look at how Jesus actually did this. Here's four examples of Jesus seeking God's blessing, grace finding um, in Scripture, and especially with people that might have been seen as uh, religious and cultural outsiders. So the first one, grace and light in a widow. Uh, this is in the book of Mark. Jesus sat across from the collection box for the temple treasury and observed how the crowd gave their money. Many rich people were throwing lots of money into the boxes. And then one poor widow came forward and put in two small copper coins worth a penny. Jesus called his disciples to him, gathered them together and said, Hey, I assure you that this poor widow, you see her? She has put in more than everyone who's been putting money in the treasury. All of them are giving out of their spare change. They're not like sacrificially giving. But she, from her hopeless poverty, has given everything she had. Even what she needed to live on. Jesus highlights the grace and light of generosity in, a, in, in this faith in a vulnerable, lowly widow in this culture. Wow. Grace finding. Here's grace and light found in a Roman centurion. When Jesus went to Capernaum, a centurion, which is a Roman military commander, it's an enemy of the Jews, um, approached. Verse 6, it says, pleading with Jesus, Lord, my servant is flat on his back at home, paralyzed, and his suffering is awful. Later, when Jesus saw the kind of faith he demonstrated, the Bible says, Jesus was impressed and said to the people following him, Jesus said this, I say to you with all seriousness that even in Israel, I haven't found a faith like this. Jesus highlights the grace and light of great faith and a faith greater than he had found among his own people within a cultural enemy and he highlights him and he, sh he shows the grace that he's found in a Roman centurion. Wow. Here's grace and light in a Canaanite. Jesus went to the regions and communities of Tyre and Sidon and found grace, common goods um, in, in these cities. A Canaanite non-Jewish woman cried out for Jesus um, to have mercy on her, her daughter, to heal her from spiritual darkness. And look at Jesus' response to her. 
Woman, you have great faith. It will be just as you wish. And right then her daughter was healed. It's so cool to see Jesus highlight the grace and light of a Canaanite woman, non-Jewish. Her great faith and her great love for her daughter. And he responds in healing. You know, she's not from, you know, the same people. And she's a woman, which is kind of at the bottom of the social status ladder. And they could have been, Canaanites could easily have been seen as an enemy. And Jesus lifts her up. He finds grace. Look at the birds in the sky, says Jesus. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or or gather crops into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Notice this too, how the lilies in the field grow together. They don't wear themselves out with work and they don't spin cloth. But I say to you that even Solomon in all his splendor wasn't dressed like one of these. Jesus points out the grace of trusting God to provide instead of you know, choosing anxiety and worry. And he teaches it through the grace of nature. He says, look at the birds in the air. Look at the flowers in the field. There's a grace to be found in them that points to your heavenly father and how he feels and loves you. Like he feels this deep sense of love and he's going to care for how much more is he going to care for you? When you think of Jesus highlighting and, and grace finding in different communities and different places with different people, and he found grace in the high and mighty and the lowly, I think it helps us really understand what Matthew 6, 33, one of the, one of the facets of what this meant, seek the kingdom of God above all else, else says Jesus, and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Seeking first the kingdom, looking for the grace and light and blessing in God's world, the gifts of God, being a grace finder, a a finder of the good in the neighborhood, and and then living and learning to live in light of what we're finding, the gifts and the grace in your own life, in the lives of those around you, in your city, in your community. We are blessed to be a blessing. Seeking and seeing light, being light, and then recognizing the source of light. It's God the Father. Grace finding rather than fault finding is what happens when we realize that Jesus teaches us to seek and see God's blessings and grace in our world, in light of God's kingdom all around us, in the here and the now, not only in the future, not only in the past, but here and now, in the birds and the flowers, in the impoverished and the vulnerable widow, in the cultural stranger, and even in our enemies. And I would say in our cities, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, and the way you see Jesus walking through his world, I think we have a model for learning how to find the kingdom, seek the kingdom, seek the grace, and lift that light up to others, lifting our light up as well, and lifting up the light of others. Lifting up other people's light doesn't like diminish yours. It makes everybody shine brighter so that people will glorify the giver, worship God. This week, I wanna encourage you to find good in your neighborhood. 
Find the grace in your community. Actions of generosity and love or kindness. Um, maybe, you know, just um, um, perseverance and endurance. Just the qualities of heaven, the qualities of goodness. So we know like, ah, that's a reflection from God. Even if that person doesn't know God, like they're, they're, they're a healer. This is a doctor that's healing somebody. And God's heart, he a, has a healing heart. Um, he's someone who teaches. Um, God uh, sent his son and his son was a teacher and God loves to teach his children. Um, we can see the heart of God in our world and our city around us. You are the light of the world. A city on top of a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on top of a lampstand and it shines on all who are in the house. Not just some, but all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you do and praise your heavenly Father who is in heaven. Jesus is our great teacher of how to discern the light, love, and grace of God and how to um, learn and grow and become grace finders in our world. Now, before we close, I can't help but just um, recognize and, and just... Uh, I don't know, show some love toward those who might feel like outsiders in our midst. You might be leaning into the conversation, but maybe you don't consider yourself a Jesus follower. Um, you might feel like a, a doubter or a struggler or broken, um, someone who may be kind of reconstructing or deconstructing their faith, um, maybe just seeking. Thank you for leaning in. Thank you for your engagement. Your gifts help our community grow. Your gifts of doubt, your gifts of struggle, your your honesty of the struggle, um, your form of love, uh, just the gifts that you bring help us uh, grow, help us understand, help us, like help my faith deepen. The questions you bring, the way you see the world, it's a gift. Thank you for leaning in and being part of our community to the degree that you're comfortable. You, you really are a blessing. And I also want to um, thank those who have been engaged and, you've, and, you're, and you're moving forward and uh, you, you love this community, you love this church. Your gifts are grace. This week, find good in your neighborhood. Practice grace finding by prayer walking. This is the practice we're really doing to, to embody this grace finding, this finding good in our neighborhood. Um, at least just try once this week to walk through your neighborhood, get a, a prayer companion, don't do it alone, but just walk through your, your neighborhood. Um, and, um, and this week, I want to focus on the grace and goodness of the people in our neighborhood, really focus in on the people. There's other grace to be found, but this week, we kind of focus on the people that Jesus saw. So I want you to be looking for and looking at people? Do you see them in your neighborhoods? Maybe people you never noticed before. Just walk through your neighborhood praying. You don't have to be praying out loud or anything, but just noticing, kind of a, a prayerful noticing. Um, and as you notice people and you notice grace, and um, thank the Lord for it and then pray for those people and ask God to continue using them and bless them. And, um, do good things in their lives. Whatever we notice, it'll just help us see people and it might begin even some relationships that God has been trying to bring together. So pray for them and seek their flourishing um, and see what God does. Guys, I love you so much.
See you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.